0: Episode number five, aka Emma Fit UK. Correct. <laughs> no, it's an absolute pleasure to but have you, you um, to have you on the on the show. It's, uh, I mean, I've been following your success definitely for the last year, especially as I've sort of stepped into the same sort of field, so to speak. Um, so obviously we're going to delve into like a million things today, and there's a lot. I suppose there's a lot I want to ask you anyway, but um, I'm sure a lot of people will be fascinated to hear. Um especially from even from my perspective the online business side of stuff because yeah as we've spoke about Matt that's something that I want to venture into but it's not easy but then obviously you've got someone like yourself that's absolutely nailed it so I think the best way to start is just give us a brief insight into your background where you started where you came from where you are now and then we'll just we'll pick at you
1: <laughs> okay so um so to start, um, I am currently still at university. So I'm studying a business management and marketing degree. Um, I did a placement year at Airbus as part of my degree and then quickly realised, like, you know, <laughs> the office culture, working not the one. No, at a desk yeah. in a corporate company was just not for me. So um, I did my level two, level three personal training qualifications, like kind of alongside my full time job. And then about a year ago now, I started kind of like building up my coaching business. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like an overview, like career-wise. And then in terms of like fitness, when I started getting into that, it was kind of like four years ago, I'd say, four or five years ago. Um, I when I was young, I hated exercise. <laughs> like I literally hated it.
2: Tell us about the notes to school, because yeah, uh...
1: like. I would literally refuse to do PE like I'd get my mom to write me a note for every single PE lesson I was just like I'm not doing it. Um but then I don't know I people ask me like when I get in when I actually officially like got into like training and I literally think it was just like one day I was like, "Oh, I'm going to join the gym."
0: So there's no there's no other like cuz we talk a lot about the first steps into your fitness journey, <laughs> you know, that the whole idea of the podcast is that potentially for someone listening that just needs that extra little bit of push, it's not that scary or to find that trainer. It's like, what, do you not have like a point where it's your fitness journey started other than just maybe, oh, I'm just going, I'm just going to go to the gym.
1: So I was in year 11, so like sixth form and no one I knew went to the gym, like, or weight trained. And I joined like the most horrible, tiny little gym in a hospital. And it was like a box room and I just like taught myself and I'd go and the more I went like the more I started like to fall in love with it and I like yeah, it just made me feel like yeah. mentally really good. So like about five years ago um, I, I like really struggled with depression and right. anxiety. So it did mainly help me primarily, primarily with that kind of side of things like my mental health just yeah. boosted so much from going to the gym. And then when I started to see kind of like the body composition improvements like that's when I joined a better gym, so I started training at Fitness First, mm-hmm. and then started looking more into like my programming and taking it more seriously. Um, but yeah, I guess it was just like a kind of spiral effect. Like,
2: so going back to the school stuff, because I can remember many years ago, uh, where, oh, know, well, with, <laughs> yeah, with the, the peak stuff, you know, a lot of people would kind of just not want to do it, dive off. Was there like an underlying thing that was was sort of you just weren't into sport or fitness, or it just never appealed?
1: Um, Well, actually, when I was a lot younger, I did do a lot of dancing. So I would do dance like every single night of the week um, and then got a boyfriend (laughs) and kind of just let that slip. And then um, in terms of school, like I was very, very shy introvert and I did get bullied in school. Right. Um, So that was kind of a big reason why I didn't kind of want to do PE or exercise.
0: But even, even that, the, the introvert side of things is uh similar to again, I, I'll use this as a as a contrast, but like Nat on the last episode, yep. um, she's quite quite shy, she's quite quiet, she's great at what she does, mm. but it's mad how many people have that introverted background, quite, you know, um, subdued or shy, but then you're actually in a role that not requires you to be an extrovert by any means, but you have your front facing, people yeah, facing. You have
1: to be very confident.
0: You're you're putting yourself on show to, you know, a lot of people on social media <laughs> that, you know, uh, you can't please everyone and people, like, like you said on, on the way up here is, there are gonna be people that criticize you for your success because mm. they don't have it and they, they want what you've got, but you're doing it and you're doing it better. So you're always gonna find that, um, Like, you can't, you just, you can't please everyone. But I just thought it was mad that when you say, like, you were quite shy or introverted. Because I wouldn't have thought that. I don't know you that long ago. But then, like, talking to you, like, beforehand, it was, at no point did I think, oh, you're really shy, or you're really quiet. Like, we just, we just chatted for 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I did
1: used to be the complete opposite. And that's why I actually think fitness completely changed me. Mm -hmm. Like, it gave me so much confidence and kind of, I don't know, it just changed the way kind of I see myself and I see the world.
0: Yeah. That's mad! What fitness can do. I know right? it's, it's great. Nice. I think it,
2: I think it's great because I think so many people start, don't they, with with some some body image kind of um, desires when it comes to training, right? Mostly mm-hmm. it'd be I want to put on some weight, I like some size, or Gains, I want to lose some sport. lose some weight or whatever it may be. But actually, the mental benefits probably far outweigh the physical ones. And if you get the mental ones, because I know we you mentioned to me about. Um, tiny little habits rather than massive change. And we'll probably get into that in a second. But if to, to do those tiny habit um, forming kind of routines, that's all mental, right? That, that's yeah. it's got actually nothing to do with how strong you are, what you can lift. So yeah, the mental be- the mental health benefits of, of this industry, I think are still massively under underappreciated really. 100%, like, like touching on the whole sort of depression thing is like
0: the aesthetic gains you get with, being a fitness lover or a gym goer or a trainer, whatever, are massive. But for me, that's just a, it's an add-on. Like Like, a byproduct. 100%. It's always good to look good. Like, there's no denying it. But at the same time, you have a bad day. You have a stressful week. To me, there is nothing better than just headphones in, going to the gym for like an hour, two hours, whatever it is. Just the benefits, how you feel, decluttering the head. I have a clearer vision, decompartmentalized everything. I just feel like without if i don't go to the gym for a couple of days or i've had a big one on the weekend but i take 3 days off the gym i feel guilty and i'm like i start to stress i was like, i need to go to the gym just like calm down deep breath you know so yeah. i i feel like that's that's the that's the biggest
2: thing for me in terms of like gym fitness 100%
1: right. yeah
2: so with your clients it, it does that come up a lot in conversation when you're doing your online coaching? Because I know you do a lot of check-ins with people. Um, what do What do they say? What do they What do they feel?
1: Especially with like my longer-term clients who have been with me for like several months. Like that is such a key kind of element that they notice. Like the longer they kind of get into the routine and the consistency of going you know several times a week they'll say wow like my confidence has grown like mm. i feel so much better like some some people will be like oh my libido is increasing like i i have more energy like i can focus more at work i'm more, like i can concentrate better mm. like there's so many kind of mental and you know non physical benefits that come from exercise or sticking to like a training schedule
0: yeah from obviously i know a lot of yours is is online programming um, not necessarily I know you'll meet with some of them but a lot of it's not that face to face that initial one-to-one do you know what I mean which is obviously something I want to get into massively but you do a lot of work with predominantly women Mm -hmm. right so empowering women confidence fantastic stuff do you ever find it difficult when you don't have control of the gym that they go to because I feel like that can be you look at somewhere like a fly and they come to fly and it's 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 not your typical gym, do you know what I mean? Whereas you could go to some gyms where it's, you know, massively male-dominated, big heavy weights, but you kind of, because they're not coming to you and you're mm-hmm. creating a program, do you find that difficult if they struggle with the gym that they're at?
1: Do you mean in terms of like a confidence level? Well, yeah, like, like it can
0: be quite intimidating, yeah. especially if someone's like, if I was if I was coming on my fitness journey with you and like you gave me this program, I was but the gym is really, do you ever find that that's a a battle that you have
1: that is a big barrier for so many girls but what i tell my clients is that no matter how much you think other people are staring at you and worrying about what you're doing i can guarantee like 95 percent of the time everyone else is just worrying about what you think of them like (laughs) everyone is there in the gym thinking like oh whatever what is everyone else thinking about me but no one actually cares like everyone is so kind of focused on what they're doing and worrying themselves like everyone else is just you know know. invisible to them it's a hard barrier
0: to overcome though like is
1: but it's like a time thing like the more you do it and the more you kind of I I would say like after like the fifth time of going into you know the weights Mm. area and if you're a girl kind of getting over that intimidating, you know, first step after that, you kind of realize like, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah.
0: You should be in your own little bubble effectively,
2: just doing your own thing, not worrying about it. Yeah.
1: Put your headphones in, like ignore everyone else. (laughs) Always the
2: headphones. (laughs) But yeah, no. So with the, um, uh, Balancing the, the career side of things, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and obviously your your uh, your business degree as well or you're looking into or that you're you're studying. How have you found balancing all of that? Because also Chris and I have said about your socials, um, you've obviously built up a massive following in a very short space of time. But that also takes a lot of kind of management, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. it's not so big, It's not just like a, um, someone using Instagram to just post a picture. Right? There's lots that goes with it. I know you kind of blog as well. How have you gone about organising yourself to balance all of those different priorities? Time management.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, time management is probably my biggest strength. And if I didn't, you know, time manage myself, I would not have been able to achieve like half the things I have. So Google Calendar is <laughs> literally my life. Right. Like, I plan out exactly what I'm doing to the like, hour to the minute pretty much um so I know every week at what time I'm doing what like where I'm gonna be and then I have like dedicated days for certain things so like uh every Wednesday and Thursday I take off coaching so they're the two days in the week that my clients and I don't you know kind of communicate and I will dedicate those two days for um my university work um and I managed to you know I I kind of like chunking, like I chunk work and then I get like a lot of stuff done in those kind of times. And then um, on a Sunday, I actually write, Pretty much all of my Instagram captions for the week. Okay,
0: (laughs) like so efficient. I would never ever do that. (laughs) Like honestly, I think of it on the spot there, just wing it.
1: Yeah, I have a folder on Google. Oh, Google Drive as well it's amazing. I I literally plan out my time. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I should be sponsored by Google. Um, No, yeah, I I write all of my Instagram captions on Google Drive and then keep them there. Um, I also use an app called Preview for Instagram. So I can like upload all, all of my photos and kind of plan out my sh- Instagram strategy on there. Um, in terms of coaching, I have all of my clients check in on different days to kind of manage and, you know, effectively like
2: space the out load, yeah. the workload yeah.
1: throughout the week. And then uni, like, oh, was crazy. I was talking to my boyfriend the other day. I was actually considering like, dropping out of final year because I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it alongside my coaching and but you're smashing else. it though, from
0: what I've seen. But yeah, really like, well, yeah,
1: I'm yeah, I'm doing really well and I'm on track to get a first. So I've got it's like three months casual. left. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully I graduate with a first. I'm sure I will.
0: I'm 100 percent. Like listening to it, like it's it's mad, isn't it? I think that with the whole Instagram thing, people would jump to your page look at it and just be like oh
1: 100,000
0: followers whatever and uh, congratulations on the 100k by oh, way <laughs> um, but think it's maybe just easy to post a photo and a caption but it it's really not and yeah. not only that as I was saying to you is like when I sort of first came into sort of meeting you came to contact with you you know you best part of double tripled your following mm-hmm. and it's it's natural growth and you've worked hard for that and I don't think people understand the work that goes into that but then like you talking about i've got this app i've pre-wrote all my captions i've done all of this compared to like other people that we struggle just to take a photo and put it up you know mm. and then it's what time do you put it up and then you know when do you get maximum exposure yeah. and algorithms and... A, yeah
1: i do a lot of like research yeah. so like the analytics <laughs> okay, and the brilliant. hashtag strategy and all of that sort of stuff like yeah, it, it looks easy from the outside, but there's but a lot not, of work that goes yeah. on. And even like, um, because I work with quite a lot of like companies and brands now, like I I, it takes me about two hours a day just to go through like brand emails. And, yeah. You know, people who reach out to me.
0: But it's a it's a job. I know for most it, people it, it that aren't job, yeah. that use Instagram as like a effectively like a newspaper. Like you wake up, you scroll through it. You do. Let's whether that's good or bad like that's that's what people do i did it this morning mm-hmm. um but in your position it's it is a job and is also a source of income you know it's it's not just a what well, is a social media app but i feel like sometimes people misconceive it a little bit um and don't necessarily appreciate the work that goes in especially when you've built it and grown it yourself and i think that's that's really impressive so
1: Oh, thank you. Right. Yeah, I would say, like, when I first started posting all of my fitness stuff, like, I never, I n- literally never thought I would gain a following like that. It was genuinely, like, I love doing it, I love posting, I love kind of sharing what I was doing. And then, you know, the more you kind of do that and the more you kind of gain a following, it does then become something you've got to strategize yeah. and think, like, oh, I, sh- I could leverage this. And so
0: at what, at what point did that click for you? Like, at what point did you think... Obviously, you're doing it because you enjoy what you're doing. It's fitness. You like taking photos. But at what point did you think, oh, this is... Well, When did that switch from being
1: okay, so a hobby was, to... It was when I was working at Airbus, I was just deeply unhappy I did not enjoy that job whatsoever and I could see this as a way I could build up my own business social media is such a powerful tool to you know create your own online business so I just really wanted to leverage that so I put all of my effort into growing my Instagram as much as I could because I know that's an you know a platform I can reach out to like clients and work with people through there. So that was that was kind of like what really pushed me to yeah. grow my Instagram. It was because I was just, you know, unhappy in that kind of job. And before before I knew like I wanted to go into fitness, my kind of long-term career goal was to climb the corporate ladder, mm-hmm. like do a grad scheme, work in a, a business and you know, that kind of thing. And my whole world just kind of turned around. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I need to find another way.
0: But yeah, it's good that you can realise that and also make that change. You know, we've had a few people that've done the same thing, I think. You know, um mm. it, it's finding the difference between being in the comfort zone, your job pays the bills, you might not enjoy it, but then having you know have you know the strength and the balls to be like, do you know what, this isn't what I want to do, this isn't right for me and starting again in something else. But, yeah. you know. But uh, if
1: if you the thing is if you start again as something else that you're like deeply passionate about like it doesn't feel like work no like, obviously sometimes you're gonna have days where you're like oh i really don't want to work yeah yeah it's hard but like overall if you're doing something you're passionate about and you enjoy it like it it's not like a job is it it's yeah. something you just love to do and you wake up and you don't kind of dread it really? it's something you just it gives you like passion you know
2: mm. I, I definitely think though the probably the organization skills that you're showing or that you've, you've built up over time probably aid that as well right because we we, we know a number of people that have kind of have the aspiration to do it start and then opt out really quickly even mm-hmm. though they're deeply passionate about it and i think that first i mean it's same for any business actually the first six months to two years are the toughest right because yeah. you've all those first time learnings and um and the workload gets on top of you and so when you talk about what you've done in a very short space of time of 12 months to Build the organisation to um, and time management to allow you to get so much in in a short space of time when it's just one person because it's not as if you've got someone writing your post for you or yeah you know, and or at whatever. such a young age as well like they're they're mad skills to have and be that that
0: good at them as well. I agree. This young, I feel that's, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gets on top of me, I'm like, nah, I'm done. Yeah, oh, no, I agree. I, 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 think I think it's a really fair point that um,
2: to, to be able to, have, whether it be naturally tapped into that just through pure intuition or maybe, you know, the amount of research and, and everything else that you've sort of. Drawn from um, clearly, you know, we've obviously sort of followed you for for a while, and and to be able to see the growth so quickly, that, that, that's obviously a natural talent as well as kind of a lot of hard work. So uh, yeah, congratulations because oh, it's uh, it's I'm impressive. your trumpet here, aren't we? Well, I think when people jump on and see your site and you know see see the online coaching and um, uh, that there's there's a lot of detail. So I was really keen on talking to you about what's your vision for your brand. Because you can, when, when you do go onto the social media sites and you go onto all the fitness sites, even the, the clothing sites, they're very different, right? Some mm. appeal to you, some are a bit, look a bit cheap, some look really high end. Um, have you got a vision of how you want to show up in that space and then how that appeals to your clients as well? Because you also want to be kind of approachable, right, at the yeah, same time? Yeah,
1: that's kind of what I'm going for that very like I'm not there's a lot of coaches out there who are just going to give their clients you know a cookie cutter plan like a very generic program and not really build any relationship behind their clients like you know my my kind of ethos is to build really deep meaningful relationships with my clients and get to know them and their behavior and their personalities because it's such a psychological thing like Mm. coaching it's not just about what you eat and how you train like there's such a big mindset element to it um so i think it's very important to you know build a really close relationship with clients and to be really approachable and have a really personalized approach um in terms of the brand i'm trying to create i just i kind of want to empower girls to know like it's not about starving yourselves or you know killing yourself with cardio. Like it should be something you enjoy and that you know benefits your life, not something that you have to kill yourself Ooh, to get. Yeah. to. You want to enjoy
0: the process, don't you? Yeah. At the end of the day. So.
1: And especially if you want to make it like a, a life, a lifetime, a, a lifelong thing, like you have to take a long term perspective. Like, yeah, you could get abs and you know get an incredible shape by like starving yourself and you know doing like a really intense eight week shred like yeah but you're not gonna be able to maintain that or sustain it and you're probably gonna end up you know binging and yeah. having rubbish willpower at the end of it so I'm, I'm all about like building like lifestyle habits and you know routines so that people can actually get long-term benefits from it and keep the results that they get rather than you know get in incredible shape and then lose it after a month
2: and how, how much are you having to kind of repeat that message with your clients because so many people come into it thinking about quick term fixes mm-hmm. and and um you know the, the worst thing about diets is people see it as a diet, diet right rather yeah. than actually now this is kind of a lifestyle thing yeah. that you should probably adopt going forward and then maybe if you you know want to indulge in something every now and again then fine right whereas uh, so how often are you having to repeat and that that type of message to your clients
1: i mean i do make it pretty clear that's kind of my belief at the beginning so when someone want, um, contacts me I, I i only work with people on a 12 week minimum basis and the majority of my clients most of them have been with me for months so some of them have been with me for nearly a year um and i, I will tell them you know the truth in terms of timeframes like you're not going to achieve that that girl on instagram her body in In eight eight weeks weeks. like it's just not gonna happen like so i make it very clear from the beginning like i won't i won't promise people the world or say you know yeah you're gonna have abs and the best bum ever in like 10 weeks because it it doesn't happen like that and you're only going to set yourself up for failure as a coach if you're not honest from the get-go um but yeah, I do have to reinforce it quite a lot, especially because a lot of my girls will um, come to me in very, very low calories and will have to go through a process of, you know, working on the metabolism and bringing up their calories, reverse dieting. And that is a very, you know, you have to invest a lot of time into that and be okay with the delayed gratification rather than the instant results and think about where you're going to be in 6, 12 months, not 6 weeks.
2: So to elaborating on the reverse dieting, because I know it's something you talk a lot about in mm. your posts, And I don't think a lot of people know about what it actually is in terms of, um, the one, the benefits, but even just the concept. So I know you, as I said, you do a lot on that. So just maybe expand on that for people that are listening. Yeah.
1: Okay. So reverse dieting is actually something I probably do with the majority of my female clients. Like it. It's generally what happens when you have restricted calories for a really, really long period of time. Or if you're in a position where you've been losing fat and then you hit a plateau and you can't really drop your calories any further and you can't increase your cardio, but you you still want to, you know, make progress. So it's essentially the opposite of a diet. And instead of taking calories away, you will slowly add them back in and uh, strategically over a period of months, you build them up. Um, slowly so what I tend to do is um, add anywhere from 70 to kind of like 150 calories per week depending on the client and how they respond Um, and it's basically a way to um, repair your metabolism um, allow you to eat more food and a lot of the time my clients will see like massive body recomposition improvements so A lot of girls are scared to do it because they they think they'll gain loads of fat, but actually a lot of the girls who do it will see that their waist gets smaller, they can build muscle they're stronger they can eat a lot more food they've got more energy they feel better and then you're just setting yourself up for long-term success because the higher you start a diet with calories like the more kind of room you have to play with later down the line like a lot of girls will come to me and say like oh i'm eating 1400 calories and i will lose fat and i'm like well no like first we're gonna have to build your calories up because i'm not taking your calories lower than that especially at the beginning you know
0: I think that's what some people will see. Like I know you put up uh, before and after shots, which you know are normal in this industry. But with yours, your you know your before shot will be like uh, this is my this is my client. This is her on sixteen hundred calories a day. This is now with me. This is my client looking in better shape. You know, eating
1: like two thousand eight hundred. Exa- calories. Exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it's
0: mad because people don't. I get it. I understand the process of calories deficit surplus maintenance all of that sort of stuff but sometimes it's it's not all about that like it's not Mm. all about just going all right take all your take all the calories away like eventually it'll get to the point where like you said you've got no room for anything really especially if you're at like 1400 calories a day like Like all
1: you can do then is just go in the opposite direction put time into looking after your metabolism and getting strong and enjoying your training like it's not fun to live in a deficit all year round no (laughs) it's also like you
0: said like when people come in for eight weeks and they want to Look a certain way in eight weeks or fasted cardio, like absolutely smash it and not enjoy it at all. Whereas if you look at it from a longer term perspective and you enjoy it as well, like you should really enjoy it because you don't want to do it for eight weeks, get some results because you've put your body through absolute hell, but then hate it so much that you don't want to do it again, you take eight weeks off and then you find yourself back where you started last time yeah, so it's, exactly. it's finding a balance isn't it yeah
1: 100 percent. Mm. yeah i would say most girls would benefit from actually getting out of a diet stop dieting mm. and to just fuel their body correctly and eat more and get strong instead of you know killing themselves with, on the stairmaster master and you, eating you, just salad <laughs> you
0: went to obviously i watched you went through a massive um shred, shred <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean that was that was something else you know you i mean Obviously, you posted um, like updates and progress. I suppose progress pics as you yeah. went along, but that had some effect on your body, didn't it? So yeah,
1: it did. Like uh, the negative implications of dieting are not spoken about enough, and I'm glad I did it for that reason. Could you it, do it again? It, I wouldn't no (laughs) but i'm glad i did because i now know like how detrimental dieting can be especially for females you know with the hormones and everything like i did lose my menstrual cycle i felt awful like i it was the middle of the summer and i was freezing cold yeah i got down to such low body fat it's just not sustainable Mm -hmm. it's not healthy for females to be that lean but it's a shame because you know the fitness industry and social media gives out this like ideal of what a, a fit female should look like and it is you know generally a, a female with like a rock rock hard six pack yeah. and really really yeah. toned and defined but if it means you have to lose your period and feel like absolute rubbish every single day like that shouldn't be something you're yeah. trying to achieve and work towards. Oh, it's mad
0: that you did it though so now that like you know, do you know what I mean? So yeah. when you're talking about this sort of stuff to your clients, you're like, do you know, I've done it. Yeah. Implications probably aren't worth it. No. And it wasn't fun. Like, I can yeah. imagine you didn't
2: enjoy it, especially no. in the back end. No. I think no. when you were going through that as well, you talked <coughs> a lot about coming to terms with... The fact your numbers were dropping from a strength perspective as well, right? Because you just yeah. couldn't. Yeah. I mean, Energy. obviously, I suppose you think back and you go, obviously, you're not going to be as strong. But actually, when you're going for it and you're so focused on your numbers, like, I'm not lifting as heavy as I used to. Or... Yeah, it's
1: really demotivating. Yeah. Like, it hits your ego hard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. Like, I much prefer being a little bit higher body fat, enjoying my food a bit more, feeling strong, like progressing in the gym. Um, yeah. I like, obviously you can get to like a lean physique, sure. it's definitely achievable, but to go to the extreme and, you know, all these bikini competitions and there's such a massive increase in girls wanting to compete yeah. because they think that's, you know, what they should be trying to work towards in terms of like fitness goals, mm. but it, it's just not healthy. I I, I know that's quite controversial for me to say that because so many people do it and I do respect people who do that because you know it's a lot of hard work and determination but it's not healthy at all.
2: Our philosophy for this with the people we interview has always been that especially in this this, uh, modern era of everyone having an opinion and a comment is there is no right or wrong right Mm. there is just what kind of works for you as an individual and you've put your body through it you know the negative impacts and you can share that experience and there'll be people who do go into competition and they've maybe just got a a, a DNA or genetics which maybe just help that and they can kind of handle it right or not handle it is the wrong phrase but they can uh, endure that maybe yeah
1: yeah like I know some girls who you know on peak week a week before their competition they're still eating 2,000 calories and right. doing barely any cardio, like it is very dependent on your genetics. Like it's, oh, some people do have better genetics, that's just how it is. Yeah. It's life. But the majority of females to get in, you know, stage condition, it you're gonna have to take such an extreme mm. approach, and it's not going to be good for your long term health.
0: Yeah, my my sister did um, uh, competitive like bodybuilding, like the uh, uh, bikini fitness for the first time and she won the regionals and then she obviously got into the UK nationals where she came third at that she like, did really well but watching what it did to her mm. her mental state and just how your whole lifestyle changes because of the intense approach that it takes like she did really well like super proud of her but at the same time it's like she would never do it again mm. just again like once was enough like she I, I don't understand how people do that over same. and over again like it's is mad
1: And I know we've like kind of touched on the physiological kind of negative impacts of it, but psychologically, it's so dangerous as well. Like, I haven't really spoken about this much, but towards the end of my cut, like I look back on pictures now and my abs were like rock hard, like I was tiny. I remember thinking back then like oh I'm not lean enough like mm. looking in the mirror and being like oh god like I, I'm not it's obsessive lean-. isn't it? and body dysmorphia is such a real thing like I went on holiday and after three days of eating like you know a bit more than normal I was in tears because mm. I felt like I'd got fat and like I look back now pictures of me on holiday and I'm like oh my god was I was I thinking, tiny yeah. so even what it does to your like your perception yep. of your body like it's, it's yeah it's not, it. it's not worth it it's not worth it I think everyone, you, obviously you can work towards um, getting a lean physique, like that's, that's not hard. That comes down to, you know, consistency, good program and good nutrition. But yeah, when we're talking about like the extreme leanness that you kind of see on social media, it's just not realistic. Yeah.
2: So with the training side for yourself obviously there's training your clients which is one thing but um chris and i often talk about in the industry you obviously need to be in in shape yourself or want to be in shape yourself to attract clients Mm -hmm. things like that how do you balance we talked about your degree you know you've been working you have all of this very busy schedule to maintain with your business and then you have to train as well so what does your training regime look like
1: okay well First of all, love training. Like it's such an integral part of my day, so I don't find it hard to fit in. It's just such like a habit now, anyway. Um, but at the moment, I train five days a week. Um, my sessions last about an hour, and I think you know that's pretty manageable. Um, I I like to get it done first thing in the morning. It sets me up good for the day. Yeah. Um. So at the moment, um, I'm trying to build some muscles, so I'm not doing any cardio. Um, I do three lower body days with like a glute focus and then two upper body days Um, and I've recently cut back my upper body volume just because I'm trying to build my glutes so I kind of want to focus more on that and reduce you know overall training volume across the week um, by you know cutting back my upper body movements a little bit because I I don't really want to grow my upper body so much like when I cut down I'm pretty happy with the amount of upper body muscle I've got. Well right, so I don't want yeah. massive biceps. No, okay. not really. Are no, you sure? No.
0: Oh I thought everyone wanted those Just but
1: Obviously girls always want their glutes to grow. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm focusing <laughs> on. Um but yeah, I would say five times a week hour, that's good. Like I can maintain and you know build a, like a decent amount of muscle with that. So
2: I th- I think it's great as well because you, you, you can often maybe have a misconception about how much you need to be training does it need to be you know morning and evening and unless you're really trying to sort of you know in your, it depends on your starting point right is. bodybuilding and stuff like that yeah. a very different regime of course but for um you know the kind of uh, aesthetic that you're looking for when you when you break it down you say to someone give me five hours a week it's not much it's not much
1: and even then I would say five hours is on like the kind of higher scale of things like I'll have a lot of clients come to me who you know they haven't done any exercise for months they're not eating great and they'll kind of expect me to give them like some hardcore like two days like every single day like training like hard all this cardio and then I'll give them like a a training program, like three full body workouts. And they're like, is that it? Mm. And I'm like, this is more than enough volume, more than enough to elicit a change. Like if you go from doing nothing, just improving your nutrition is going to get you results and just focus in on, you know, the basics and not kind of throwing yourself into it. And, you know, trainers seven days a week, because doing that, you're just going to end up like run out of willpower. Mm. Your motivation will drop it's better to you know take a a more again like long-term approach and just hit it hard three days a week that's more than enough for most people i would say the majority of people who want to get into better shape and improve their you know their body composition their overall health and fitness if they just work towards hitting a step goal eating more veg you know maybe weight training three times a week like they would if they did that consistently for a few months, they would see like monumental differences mm. in their their health, their body. Yeah, it it is a shame that so many people think like you have to go so hardcore because you just
2: don't. Yeah, and I guess by using that, that kind of moderate approach, you don't go sort of all in and then crash, like mm-hmm. you said. And, and and ultimately, it doesn't feel like a chore. It feels like actually something I want to do. And yeah. mindset being a big thing, especially I think the three of us train in the mornings quite a lot. And with, with the day job as well, that usually means being in the gym by kind of six-ish, something like that, which is, that's an investment of time and effort. But if you're going to bed thinking, oh, shit, I've got to get up at five to train at six, you're already losing the fight, I think. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're, I'm getting up, I'm going to do it. And I actually want to do it Yeah, this. just
1: like reframe your mindset about it.
0: But yeah. I think that's the hardest part though, isn't it? Is 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 retraining the mindset. Like I train, I'd train. i rather train in the morning, because I yeah, feel like so. if you've had a bad or a tough day, and you're tired and work so well, to, well, to, to then out. be like, I now have to go and like push myself in the yeah. gym. I find it hard as if, get yourself out of bed. If you can get to the gym, whether you're doing a circuit or you've mm-hmm. got a trainer or you've got some sort of plan or goal it's much easier and i feel like you said i feel like it sets you up for the day you yeah. feel so much better
1: and you already feel like you've achieved something great. yeah like,
0: like so dolphins are kicking about yeah. you're buzzing and you're just like okay had a good session especially if you smashed a load of
2: pbs yeah i just feel like you're destined for a, a positive day ahead what's your opinion on the benefits of training in the morning as well because i guess if you fire up your, your metabolism in the morning. Um, you've still got the activeness of the day to burn food that you're still consuming. Whereas if you train at night, you eat, you go to bed. Do you do you see that as a benefit, or is it really just down to personal preference?
1: I, yeah, I genuinely think it's down to personal preference. Yeah. I think whatever you're going to stick to consistently over the long term will get you the best right. results. Right, far outweighs the. Yeah, and. I- I mean, not everyone can train first thing in the morning. Like, when I worked um, at Airbus, I started work at seven. It would take me, like, an hour to get to work. So there was no way I would be able to train before work. Um, So then I was training, you know, peak times in the gym. It was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not always (laughs) that
0: simple, is it? Like, yeah, if you had the choice, great. If you don't, sometimes it's just whenever you can get... Like, we have people that come in on their lunch break, just half an hour, quick circuit, and it's like, I'm, like, fair play. Like... I don't know if I could ever work out on my lunch break at in in like an office job. Do you know what I mean? Like you're going to go somewhere, like we've got a couple of people that do it, a couple of clients that do it. Um, I'm just like, fair play, that's that's the time they've got and they're making yeah. the most of it. So fair play. Just
1: fit it into your schedule. School. I would say training, you know, really close to bedtime isn't ideal because, you know, you're going to have all these endorphins you yeah, that, up and your be, heart yeah. rate's up and you're fired up, so you're probably not going to be able to get to sleep. That easy, but yeah, I don't. I really don't think it makes too much of a difference. Sort time of day you train.
0: Good, yeah. No, that's that's how I feel. Um, I only train five, six times a week max. Always got to have that day off, maybe two days off. And I was saying to you, it's so important. Mm -hmm. Like so many people push themselves, push themselves, push themselves. But in order for to you to like reap the rewards, you have to let your body recover. Because if you don't, yeah, you're making loads of gains, but you're gonna push yourself into a hole. It's gonna put you out of the gym for like a week, two weeks. You might get ill, injury, whatever it is, because you're overtired, overstrained, whatever it is. And then you're gonna go two steps back anyway. So have the day off, have the weekend off, whatever it is. Let yeah. your body recover. Go out, have a nice meal. It's not gonna It's not gonna. It's not gonna undo the five days of work or two weeks of work you've just done. Like, just enjoy it find a better way to enjoy it is fun
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no rest is something that I I do still struggle with it to be fair like being so busy makes it easy for me to have two like rest days from the gym but I used to really struggle to take a rest day like I would feel guilty Guilty. and I just want to go to the gym um and I was saying to you on the way up here like I used to have a completely different mentality and I'd go to the gym like literally sometimes three times a day and I do like treadmill sprints and then I do like a a class and then I go back in the evening and train weights and I'd be like confused why I wasn't seeing any results and it's because I wasn't like I was giving my body the stimulus and I wasn't allowing my body the time or the rest to actually adapt to it and change so I I've really prioritized rest and recovery now so much that I I implement deloads and myself with myself and my clients, like I take, you know, a week off every kind of 12 to 15 weeks and just let myself like fully recover. I'll cut back the intensity and, you know, do either, either take a few days off and just keep my steps high or I'll do like resistance band work and just spend some time focusing on my technique and my form rather than, you know, training heavy and trying to hit PBs.
0: And then you'll come back after. Let's so see, you have that week off after every twelve to fifteen weeks, and then that's when, for me, that's when you see one rep max improve yeah. stuff like that. And or uh, one of my clients, we know Luke. Uh, he'll go away uh, for work. I think he had to go to America for a week. Uh, was struggling the week before, like wasn't really going well. Comes back, hasn't touched the gym in a week. Comes back, absolutely smashes the session. PBs, this, this, and that. And I'm just like, sometimes it's that realization that. You can tell people not to feel guilty, or you can tell people that time off's gonna help you. They might not believe you until something like that happens. Mm -hmm. Like they'll come in and they'll absolutely smash it. And I'll be like, see, like- Just the benefits you can get from recovery and just letting your body.
1: (laughs) And even on like a psychological, you know, like if you're training hard every single week for, you know, months and months and months, it comes a point where like your motivation is just not gonna be there. So having some time out, Mm it gives you that really like a big boost to go back and you know you get big drive and motivation again and that's probably also a big reason why people then manage to hit pbs because it's like a cycle psycho- a psychological thing um but yeah and even on like a injury perspective if you're lifting heavyweights and constantly training you're just gonna you know kind of tip closer to that point of where you're going to potentially hurt yourself yeah
0: and then and then what then you yeah. like yeah and then you can what, set three, yourself so back like months. when you hurt your back do you know what yeah. I mean same thing it's just the little things you don't acknowledge them will give your body the time to just recover yeah. then you know it's then oh actually how many sessions did we miss because your back was out yeah
2: it's a good few weeks do right? you know what I mean yeah, and then yeah. it's
0: like it's just, just little things whereas you know you take a day off here or there it might prevent
2: two three weeks yeah in the future but yeah Good, good. So um, what about the future? Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about um, obviously business goals, uh, you do some of the um, representing representing different brands, uh, you were talking about how to manage just that. Do you want to take on more things? Are you trying to kind of limit what you're doing but focus on brands you really believe in? How do you see all of that unfolding for you?
1: Um, oh, so something I do struggle with quite a lot is like constantly trying to like, build the next thing and focus on the next thing and I do c- kind of like overwhelm myself and stress myself out and put a lot of pressure on myself to always be doing something better and you know so or once I've graduated I do want to try and like give myself some more kind of time to chill out a bit yeah. and not you yeah. know go at like 100 miles per hour oh. and everything but I do have like a lot of um goals for this year kind of business related I am doing a um Uh, nutrition qualification as soon as I finish uni with origin so it's a specialized nutrition course level four so I'm looking forward to that
2: what will that what will that give you what what is what's the benefits of being at level four
1: so it's just a lot more kind of um intricate detail um so they they will go into things regarding like uh breast breastfeeding women their diets what it should look like uh people who are pregnant older people people with injuries and kind of more specialized nutrition okay. around things like that um and i f- i find nutrition so interesting um and then things to do with like hormones like h a hyper hyper thalamic amenorrhea. I can never well, say that. Say that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, but yeah, it, it's just going to, you know, give me a lot more knowledge on more um, specialised nutrition strategies. Right. Um, and then um, I'm trying to build a product as well. Well, not just me, myself, but I'm working with a company to bring out a product later this year. Um, also working on a secret project. Mm-hmm. Watch this
2: space. Mm-hmm. So watch this space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um but yeah my like short-term goals are to graduate the first you know keep giving my my existing clients 100 percent um and yeah see where where things take me i also want to do a lot of traveling this year right that's not really and you've just related, got back from
0: stockholm but... already yeah yes that's all right i saw you do some work with Superdry. was that
1: yeah so that's like you know i was saying like when brands contact me like. Yeah. It's annoying. I can't always go to these events because I have like uni and yeah. my work, but I do try to when I can, because they're obviously really good. You get to meet a lot of people. and get Yeah, it's good
0: exposure. We saw Eubank Junior, right? Yeah, yeah. That's we trained cool. with Chris Eubank. Yeah, that's <laughs> It was sick. really
1: cool. Yeah. Um, he was actually showing us how he trains his abs and Uh, he will have like a 10 kg you know weighted ball just thrown repeatedly at his stomach stomach. and i was i said to him i was like how often do you do that and he was like 10 minutes every day
0: that's it. Your next core circuit. Okay. That's what we get. I'll get the ten kilo yeah, med abs? ball and just throw yeah. it at you. I have back. seen that. I have seen that before. In the, I suppose impact. if you're going to be
2: taking some pretty horrific blows to the stomach, that's a yeah. good, good practice for you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to program that program that into all my clients now. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you get abs. Just brace I'll throw a med ball at you. And, and what about when you're um, when you're and not that you in any way want to alienate any of your brands, but if you're if when people are contacting you and there's stuff that you actually you know what that that doesn't sit well with me or do you have a bit of a selection process in kind of oh
1: god yeah so i do actually get um a lot of emails from brands i wouldn't work with Mm. offering a lot of money for me to promote products that i wouldn't believe in um so for example one company i won't name names but um they wanted me to promote their flat tummy tea which is basically just like laxatives right (laughs) and they offered me a thousand pound for a post really yeah so I obviously turn that down because I obviously it's not good to yeah, and it's your like credibility that. right and exactly it's my credibility and when you're trying to build your own business that like you got to think about you know the long-term trust and loyalty you're building with your followers totally. you like a quick a, like quick money but
0: that's the thing these these things they're not they're not sustainable they're not and you know you could talk about social media and the impacts it has whether positive or negative but you know you pick and choose the brands that you work with. Yeah. And I don't think people necessarily, like, like you saying that just then, people don't know that. Or mm-hmm. I know people that might not follow you that wouldn't know some of the things that you're turning down because mm-hmm. you don't believe in it. And I think that's so good. Can like... To what's out there at the moment like this and you see some people post some things like, yeah
1: you'd be surprised how much money you can make on social media from you know promoting products but if it's not in alignment with what you wouldn't trying use to promote, it would you people no, would just not, yeah. what
0: was what was the um what was the last one some was it some pill that had like cyanide in it or oh, something stupid God, Yeah, and she all doesn't these, take it but she posted these it because was a payout
1: for, like promoting it yeah I it's,
0: honestly it's just baffling but i get it People can make money from it, right. but you
2: you shoot yourself. I, th- I think in the long run, though, whether it's, you know, someone working for themselves or, you you know, you work for a big company, there's, there is uh, the ethics and values that you kind of hold true will will see you right in the long term. Like you yeah. will win if you, oh, if you don't take that. And, and hopefully, you know, people that are taking these sort of short term views to get some cash or whatever, you can understand why people do it 100%. to get some money in their yeah. pocket, but it's not. It, it it doesn't build credibility, and in You're the long term, it just damage your business. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'm
1: um, I'm going to be starting working with a well, like one of my favorite companies next month. So that's really exciting. Right. Um. So my protein. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to be starting to work with them, and I've used their supplements literally from like day one. Yeah. And it's funny because um, the other day I didn't order on my protein. I spent like forty pound, and my friend, my friend was like. I don't get why you don't work with them. Like you buy from them all the time. Like, you should just, you <laughs> yeah. know, work with them. And like weirdly, that day I had an email from them um, asking them to work with them. So yeah, that law was of really more attraction. Yeah. of attraction. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh That's my right. god, right. I believe in that. <laughs> so Is it? Much. Yeah. yeah. Oh mad. <laughs> Do
0: you? Yeah. I oh, mean, we, oh, we, we could just talk about law of attraction for the next twenty minutes. No. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Could,
1: I've just actually finished reading a book called Good Vibes, Good Life by Vex King. Nice. I loved it. It's There's so such many out there. Maybe yeah. Alchemist. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah off. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm
1: a proper book a nerd.
2: staple, right? Everyone's good, especially in the creative industries as well. A lot of people, honestly, like it's mad.
0: I didn't know anything about it. And then, uh, Conor McGregor actually mm-hmm. started years like just as he started making it was talking about law of attraction. And then I just sort of got into it. And then you saw Oprah, she's into mm-hmm. it. Jim Carrey, okay, he's on a very, very far end of that spectrum, but like. And then you just start, like, reading books and little things like that. Like, my favourite book was The Monk Who Sold a Ferrari. I don't know if you've read that, but that was that was the one that did it for me. And obviously you got, like, The Secret and stuff like that. But some of it, you take what you want from it, but, oh, yeah, law of attraction. Manifestation. Out, yeah. It
1: is so true. Like, our, every single year, I write down all of my goals for that year in, like, a little journal book. And I re- revisit it quite a lot. And last year, I achieved every single goal I Myself, like, and when I wrote them down, I never thought I'd achieve any of them. And the same for this year, like, I've already ticked off quite a few. And I think it's just the power of like writing it down, putting it out there, and kind of it makes it more real. So it's probably it's no magic, but it just makes you more likely to. Yeah, like so,
0: I I I use a vision board. So it's like writing your goals down, fine, but I feel like I have to see it every day. So like, you know, whether it's stuff to do with the podcast or ideas that we have, or you know you know secrets and things that you're working on it's like if i can see it every day it's then i'm manifesting it in my day that's going to have something to do with my day and then you like goals it's just simple most of these podcasts always come back to setting goals so you have a short medium or long yeah. make it accountable make some of them achievable aim high dream big and um make them make them like relative to you like yours would be completely different to mine and matt's or whatever that is and every time you achieve one just give yourself another one. doesn't matter how far out there it is.
2: Put it out there. See what happens. Yeah, I think. but I think that's an important point is actually putting it out there. Yeah. So talking out loud is a really important mechanism into achieving stuff. Mm-hmm. There is, you can go too far with that as well. Sometimes if you, you know, you put it out on a massive platform, then you really hold yourself to account yeah. and then you start adding the stress and think, oh, yeah. shit, am I really achieving what I yeah. want? But even if you've got just that that person, best friend, family yeah. member that you just let them know what it is you're looking to do that accountability really helps i find mm. and uh, and and likewise for me when you um like you know i'm doing the, the bath half in a couple i think it's next month it's way sooner they've already put the road, like, put the road signs right, out so it's real now and so i've said to you kind of i have a goal of what you know what time i want to get to whether i'll get there is a different matter but that's kind of keeping me to account on a day like today when you're thinking do i train or not do i go and yeah. you know, get out in the rain or go and pound the treadmill If you don't have that, you're just like, well, I'll just turn up. I know I'll get around. That's fine. But will I get around in the time that I want to get around into? So I think just talking out loud is super important in in, in these things.
1: Yeah, accountability is literally crucial. That's why I think coaching and having, you know, an online coach or an in-person PT relating to fitness goals, you're so much more likely to actually achieve it because you've got someone else just as invested in your results as you are. And like you say, you put it out there in the world and you've got, you know, that, almost pressure in a good way to get you pushing on towards achieving that goal
2: so it's great to hear some of the um Uh, some of the things you've used for self-development any other books or kind of podcasts we know that you uh you kind of listen to a lot of podcasts so what are your go-tos yeah
1: like I literally listen to podcasts like every single day I probably listen to like two or three every day just like while I'm getting ready in the morning um and like when I'm walking places um so my top podcast like my favorite podcast ever is definitely Mind Pump Media I don't know if you've heard of that no yeah, I've listened to them for like five years. They're so good. It's like a fitness podcast, um, but they talk about all things. And then um, the Mind Muscle Project, um, Brian Keane, Revive Stronger, Ed Myler, who's like a really motivational speaker. Like if you want a bit of, you know, drive and motivation, listen to him. Um, Shred With Science, um, Joe DeFranco, they're all very like fitness, nutrition yeah, focused ones. Actually, yeah. And then I also listen to quite a few like business and like motivation and yeah. marketing podcasts. So like um, Gary Vee, <laughs> Tony Robbins. Yeah. Um, who else? I think Gary um,
0: Vee's a very good one. I think he's... Online
1: uh, Marketing Made Easy, Goal Digger, the art, the art of Online Marketing. Um, but yeah, I just pick up so much like... Uh, knowledge mm. i think i must be like um you know I, yeah well, no <laughs> like i think i pick up um audio a lot better than like reading so yep. that's just a, a, where i consume most of my knowledge is from podcasts um but yeah i i definitely recommend anyone who wants to like learn more just pick up more information to just leverage it like it's a free platform i yeah. don't get why you wouldn't
0: it's like and it's like you said when you're like walking about or getting ready wherever it is it's easy to have
1: yeah. listening to something it's, it's like not easy to, to read yeah. while
0: you're so yeah it's yeah, it makes sense
1: but having said that like I do like people sometimes say to me like oh do you prefer um reading like audio books or like um on like a you know those like kindles yeah. or like a physical book and I do love reading so but when I read I do read a physical book right. like I just find like
0: satisfying yeah
1: yeah i do and as well like it's part of like my bedtime routine yeah. <laughs> so like i get into bed and i like don't have my phone anywhere near me and then like for like 45 minutes i'll just read and it helps me get to sleep yeah that's
2: good yeah, very good great so um i know there was a you also get a lot of questions uh, from people because of your online coaching business about sort of tips and tricks what would you share if, if people are considering moving into that space and do you have some uh, other aspirations for for yours as well?
1: I would say, in order to build like a good fitness um, coaching brand, or like even in person, like the best thing you can do to you know market yourself is just to give your clients 110 percent like at the end of the day if you're providing good quality service and getting your clients results they are orga- organically going to do the marketing for you like word of mouth is so powerful
2: yeah. Um.
1: and at the end of the day with fitness and you know health professionals before and after pictures and testimonials are the key to getting you know more leads more clients so you are much better off not thinking so much about what how to market yourself but actually just putting that time into your clients getting them results um and they they will just do the marketing for you like my clients will you know say great things about me and our, our our time working together and um recommend me to their friends and family and you know and then if i do get them um a great body composition um Change or you know, I've reverse cited them successfully, and I have like a a before and after picture to show. One, they're going to be more than happy most of the time for me to share that because they're proud of their own progress, and two, like that is then the best marketing you can have a a real person's progress, their review, and a before and after picture. So, yeah, sometimes it's hard to
0: see the results, isn't it? Yeah, but then obviously, the before and after pictures, it's like you were training with me for. What, 10 weeks Matt, and you weren't happy because you couldn't see some of the changes. but when you see yourself in the mirror every day it's actually hard to notice some of the like yeah. the gains that you're going through um so the before and after photos like that's when you see yeah the most dramatic changes i got clients coming in being like like my shirt's really tight up top now and it wasn't and i'm like it's just it's things like that will then click with you because you yeah. just you're not just going to see and, it, and this like... is
1: what we were talking about scale weight as well it's really yeah. not the Yeah, it's not, it's really not that important. Like obviously it can dictate whether you're like gaining or losing fat, but there's so many other variables. So like, uh how your clothes fit and your waist measurements and your progress photos because a lot of the time you, you the scale weight might stay the same but yeah. your waist has got you know it's not going to tell you smaller. your muscle mass is
0: it
2: no it's, exactly. it's, it's just a number
1: yeah it's, it's, it's a number it's arbitrary it's how you look how you feel most important thing exactly nice yeah.
2: that's good so um we've got to ask you about your music taste mm. it's 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 a big topic of discussion are you guys quite into your music yeah we uh fitness and music was definitely a, a passion of ours yeah and uh and so there's always um quite a lot of uh um trash talk when it comes to people's playlists so uh, <laughs> yeah, between yeah. chris and i so um uh, but you know people do train obviously they they, yeah. they like to disappear with their headphones and kind of get a session mm-hmm. done what's your what's your kind of go-to what are you into
1: i i Trained dance music, right? R like a bit of R and B, a bit of dance. So I've actually got my own Spotify like gym playlist, which is um, Emma Fit UK Strong. Okay. So if you want to follow that, we'll <laughs> but, that yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Um, but yeah, dance music and like remixes. That's kind of like what I go to. Sometimes a bit of Eminem. Bit of Eminem
2: can't go wrong. With M&M. can't perfect well thanks so much for, for coming in and sharing your you know your your story so far um obviously the business is going brilliantly wish you the best of luck with your studies as well um sounds like you're super organized so I'm sure you're not gonna have any problems <laughs> <hitting that laughs> first. Um, and uh you know obviously it'd be good to just give everyone a, a, an insight into your um where they can look you up in terms of email yeah. and socials and websites and then uh, people can obviously contact us or they can go direct to you so do you want to maybe plug those
1: yeah sure so my instagram handle which is where I am most is um, emmafituk underscore Um, and then my website is empoweronlinecoaching.com but yeah like I say Instagram is like the key place where I am yeah
0: well thanks for that guys I hope you enjoyed the episode I hope (laughs) you guys enjoyed it as much as we did and uh, yeah stay tuned for the next one